presence, Lord. We were with child, we wrestled in labor, but we gave birth to wind. We have not brought forth salvation to the earth, and the people of the world have come to have not come to life. But your dead will live, Lord. Their bodies will rise. Let those who, who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to the dead. Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourself for a little while until his wrath has passed by. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of the earth of their sins. The earth will disclose the bloodshed on it. The earth will conceal its land no longer. Lord God Almighty, we thank you this morning that even in our time, O oh God, you are establishing your rulership and your kingdom. We thank you this morning that, O oh God, indeed, you are doing even a new thing even in this season. The things that are happening, O oh God, are there for us to be brought close to you, O oh God. To seek your face like never before, O oh God. That indeed your spirit, O oh God, is going to cover the earth like water covers the sea. We thank you this morning that, O oh Lord, allow us, O oh God, to come in your presence and listen to the manservant speaking your word, the word from your throne. This morning, O oh God, allow us, O oh God, to rejoice in your presence. Allow us, O oh God, to have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. This morning, we thank you that, O oh God, indeed, you have ordained this day. And your manservant is coming to preach your word. That your people, O oh God, may receive healing from your throne. That our hearts and our minds, O oh God, will open. That the Lord will receive the very thing that, O oh God, you have ordained in this place, in Jesus' name. Allow us, O oh God, to have the peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you this morning. And all the people say this morning that amen and amen. Let's give God a mic clap on this morning. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall be glad and rejoice in it. We've come so that the Lord may speak to us this morning. And it's our pleasure and privilege to sit down and just hear what the Lord has to say in his time. Um, we will be welcoming our visitors at the end of the service. Uh, for this time, we just want to prepare our hearts and our minds to hear to what the Lord has to say this morning. Your hands together for the man servant as he comes to declare the word of God this morning. wish you a wonderful good morning today. It's great to be back studying the scriptures and understanding the design of God for our lives. Today I want to speak about God's intelligent design. God's intelligent design. We must understand, you know, that God has designed all things in a beautiful and wonderful way. Uh, just imagine uh, no matter how many people we are today here in this place, each and every one of us has his or her own story. Every one of us is an individual uniquely created by God with a wonderful design that was created even before the foundation of the world. Even if you come from the same family, or maybe you're even a twin, you know, and uh, you have got somebody who looks alike, just like you. You're still different. Now, just take this to the world as a whole. You know, we are seven point something billion people in the world. 
And now imagine, everyone has their individual story. God is not in mass production, okay? When you are buying something in the shop, maybe you're buying a car or maybe buy something, you have got certain models and maybe they, you can choose different colors, but inside is the same technique. You know, the same, uh, the same stuff is uh, being built inside. Maybe some options are there that you can add or subtract depending on your, on your capacity to pay, but otherwise it's, it's, it's the same thing. Right now, you know, uh, uh, in our world, there's a shortage of uh, electronic chips, okay, computer chips. And that's why certain things cannot be produced uh, according to, to the timeline. And some people who are waiting, who have ordered, maybe they have to wait longer for their, for their car or whatever it is, uh, because the chips are not there. And these chips are made in, you know, in, in factories, uh, especially for that purpose, and they're all, you know, the same. Imagine God makes a chip for each and every one of us individually. <laughs> okay, he doesn't make mass production. He has got a wonderful design, an intelligent design for each and every one of us. And that is really what I want to talk about today. You know, God gives us an insight into his plans, and we want to take time to talk about this today. Let me just read from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. The Bible says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The Lamb of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and lay down. And again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel the third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears, it, who hears of it tingle. And the scripture from the book of Amos chapter 3 verse 7, the Bible says here, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing 
without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you for revelation that you give to us. Lord, you uncover secrets. You give us insights into his marvelous and wonderful plan. And we pray, Lord, as we are able to partake of this table where the word of God comes from, that we may be able to understand, that we may be able to be challenged to trust you more, to understand how much you have prepared us for this world and how much you desire that we live to fulfill the great plans that you have for each and every one of our lives. We want to thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are here with us. And Lord, I pray, <clears throat> help us to discover, help us to understand what you are calling us to be and to do in this world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> now, we must see from Scripture <clears throat> that revelation is God's way to let us know of his plan. <clears throat> in the Bible, we read about revelation many, many times. In fact, the Bible is God's revelation. In fact, uh, one of the books, the last book of the Bible is called Revelation. You know, that is uh, the Greek word apocalypsis, which means to uncover. So what is being hidden, what is being covered, is being uncovered by God because he has a desire for us to know. <clears throat> and that's why he has given us the scriptures. God does not want us to be living in ignorance, but he wants us to understand. Now, you will agree with me that people <clears throat> have an insatiable desire to know the future. They are hungering to know what is tomorrow going to bring. And uh, for this reason, <clears throat> uh, there are many people who are trying to consult, you know, mediums, witches, uh, charlatans, palm readers, false prophets, because they, they want to know what is my future like, what is going to happen next week, next year, or even tomorrow. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that's the wrong address. Because these people, they also just human, and even so they may be able to connect to spiritual powers of evil, they also don't have first-hand information. You know, as I explained to you last week, <clears throat> uh, Satan is not an original creator. He's just copying. And you know, when you copy something, you always miss something, isn't it? You can never copy things 100% correct. There's always something that is, that is being missed out. And that's why, you know, uh, counterfeit banknotes, for instance, or counterfeit products, <clears throat> they can be told apart from the real thing. You can be able to tell, no, this one is not the original thing. Now, why do we want to know the future? <clears throat> I believe, you know, it's simply because deep inside of our hearts, we know that we are created for greater things. Okay, God has given us a knowledge about things that he wants to do in our life and there is a residue, even despite our, our being distant from God, being 
far away through sin being separated from God, there's still something telling us inside, uh, this cannot be everything. There must be more to life. There must be more to my, my future than this. And that's why you know, people want to find out. They want to go and uh, explore what could be their fate uh, in the future. But instead, we should learn that there's somebody who knows the future. We should not consult those mediums. We should not consult witches or palm readers or whatever, but we should consult the one who has made us and who has actually written our storyline even before the foundation of the world. You know, that would be wisdom, isn't it? When we, when we go to the source of all things, and the source of all things is God, because he is our creator. Okay? The only source where we can find out God's intelligent design is God himself. Because he knows every intention and every purpose that he has had about each and every one of us. He alone is aware of the plans that he has in mind for our lives. And you remember, uh, scripture tells us many times that he has good plans for us. I know that I the plans that I have for you, you know, to prosper you, you know, to, to do you well. And this is not just a generic plan that is the same for everybody. No, this is a unique plan for each and every one of us. You see, if you go look into scripture, you find Scriptures being full of different characters. In fact, the, the Bible is not just a, a lecture about things, but the Bible is a, a, a collection of many individual stories. I read one of them, the story of Samuel, and maybe I touched one of the other stories as well. And, and you can see every story is different. God has a very unique and intelligent design for each and every one of you, of me, and of these people we are seeing in scripture, and of everybody else in the world. Unfortunately, if we are not coming to the source, if we are not coming to understand from the one who created us, we may miss it. And that's a dilemma. That's a tragedy. You know, and I think this is what we see in our world. People are totally unhappy you know, they are not satisfied, and they cannot be dissatisfied because they are living in something which is not what God has designed in the first place. You know, if you are not coming into, into unison with your purpose, you will never be happy. And you know, many people think that if they become rich or famous or, you know, somehow influential in the world, then they are going to fulfill uh, the design that will make them happy. But that's their own idea. That's not God's idea. God has got different ways to bring us into the very place where we can be able to be fully satisfied knowing this is what God has brought me here for. You know, and the issue of material things is not important, it's totally secondary, okay? God will take care of all our needs as he has promised. So whether you are rich in terms of uh, the billions other people are boasting about, that's secondary, it's totally secondary. 
There are a lot of rich people who are not satisfied because money can't satisfy. So if there is uh, that deep in, uh, inside knowledge in your heart and uh, this knowledge is what God has laid into each and every one of us and somehow you cannot find uh, to get in tune with that deep intelligent design that God laid inside of you even so there may just be a residue left over that we are really do understand but you know somehow we will be able to know whether we are fulfilling the purpose of our life or not okay somehow we'll be able to tell whether we are finding the, our niche in life whether we are in the place where we are supposed to be or not so in the Bible, we see these people like Samuel. Later, I want to talk a little bit about Jeremiah. I talk about Paul. You know, all of these people are different. All of these people had a different purpose, a different design. And yet, all of them were brought into this world by the same designer who brought them at different times in different seasons in order to fulfill their unique calling their unique destiny and that is the great and wonderful thing and that's true for every one of us so no matter who or where you are uh, God has a plan for your life maybe I've never known that or maybe you just think it's a generic plan okay maybe you think it's just uh, something that you have heard from other people, you know, that God wants to prosper you. Yes, I'm supposed to be rich. Yes, I'm supposed to have a mansion. Yes, I'm supposed to have a big car. You know, that is nonsense. Okay, these things may come. These are secondary issues. The issue is, are you fulfilling the purpose? Are you fulfilling the destiny of your life? That's the question. Okay, so we need to learn to discern God's voice for our own goods. Okay, we are reading about the boy Samuel. And Samuel uh, is a very interesting study. You know, uh, Samuel was a boy when he was taken to serve uh, the Lord in the temple. Why was he taken to the temple and served there? He may not have fully understood how his mother, Hannah, and also his God were awaiting his arrival. Okay, there was a bigger story behind the coming into this world of Samuel. Amazing. And you know, when you take a bit of time to study that, you will find out that Hannah, the mother of, uh, of Samuel, could not have children. She was barren. And there was another woman in the same house who had children, and so she was being mistreated, she was being teased, and uh, she, she really had a miserable life. If she had an easy pregnancy and could have brought this boy into the world without any problem, that boy would probably never have come into the temple of the Lord to serve God there. Okay? But God also needed a Samuel. Okay? God was awaiting him even more than Hannah did because the situation in the land was dire. And the Bible describes it in a very simple phrase. Uh, the Bible says that 
the Lord was rare. You know, the Lord was not found easily. Visions were not found in these days. Okay? That's what the scripture said in verse 1 of First Samuel 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord and the Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Why was that? Because, yes, there was a temple. And, yes, there was a high priest. There was Eli, who was actually in control, in charge of uh, the house of God. And, yes, there were his sons who were priests. And they should have taken care of uh, the requirements, spiritual requirements of the nation of Israel and others who were working with them as well. But unfortunately, the sons of Eli became corrupt. They were not fulfilling the call of God. In fact, they were so corrupt that God decided enough is enough. And because Eli did not discipline his sons, he allowed them to just carry on with their evil and wicked ways, even Eli himself came under judgment. But then God needed somebody to carry on. Okay? God did not want him to leave his people without guidance, without leadership. And that's why God was waiting for the arrival of Samuel. So sometimes when you have a problem, you may never know why this problem is there. Okay? Hannah was longing to have that child. Of course, her reasons may have been more like selfish, okay? Because she suffered. She wanted to have a son just like her competitor, you know, her children. And yet, you know, she was, she was always uh, coming short. And so she decided to go to the temple and pray. And she cried to the Lord <clears throat> for a son. And then she made a commitment. She made a promise to God. <clears throat> if you give me a son, I will bring him back to you so that he will serve you right here. That's an amazing promise. Imagine. But Hannah was serious. <clears throat> she was not making an empty promise. Okay, There are so many people who are good in promises but never keep them. But Hannah was not one of them. Hannah understood that the son God gave her <clears throat> was by God's grace. <clears throat> and she was prepared to give that son back to God as she had promised. Like I said, if that son would have just born like all the other children of uh, uh, that, that family, you know, he, he would probably have been growing up in that home. But because it was not working that way, you know, Hannah decided if God really gives me grace, if God really allows me to have a son, that son, I will not hold him to myself, but I will give him back to God. And yes, God was waiting for that son. So the agony that sometimes we go through, like we see in the life of Hannah, may have reasons. You may never know what God's story is all about, how God will uh, bring you to the place which he has designed you to be in. 
Very often we just see things from our own human perspective and we don't understand what God has uh, in store for us, what God's plan is in the greater scheme of things. So now Samuel was brought to the temple when he was still very young. He was a young boy. And he was now in that corrupted environment growing up there. Of course, he had very simple uh, uh, job description. You know, he had to do certain things like you have heard from the scripture. You know, he was taking care of the doors closed and opening and things like that. You know, make sure that the, the lights are on. Uh, this was his, his work. And of course, you know, he would be he would be coached, he would be taught by Eli, the high priest. And in an ideal case, he should have been coached by the priests, the sons of Eli, which probably was not happening much, or even if they did, I don't think much good could have been learned by Samuel from their example and their teaching. Now Samuel, heard the voice of God, but he did not know that it was the voice of God. And you know, many times this happens to us in our lives. When we are young, when we are children, we sometimes have dreams, we sometimes have ideas, visions, and we may not know where these things come from. And I'm not saying every dream comes from God, but yes, there are dreams that are God-inspired, okay? That God gives to us to give us an understanding about what our life ought to be. Very unfortunately, you know, when children have dreams, parents sometimes, they are trying to get these dreams out of them. They say, you know, don't be, don't be uh, carried away with your dreams. Not realizing that sometimes God can tell us something very, very important through the dreams he's giving to us. I personally, you know, I can say in my, in my childhood I had a lot of dreams. And probably you have too. Okay, some of us, we forget them very quickly. We, we don't put a lot of value onto it. But I think sometimes it's good to ponder about some of these dreams, okay, and ask God, has that got a meaning for me? You know, especially when they are talking about things that may expand your horizon, that may show you things that you ought to be able to do, even so you think that is impossible for me to ever accomplish, to ever achieve. But God does speak through dreams, and of course he speaks through visions. And of course the time in which Samuel was, was living as a boy was that there were not many visions, that the word of God was rare. Now, what I'm trying to point at is that God has many ways to encourage us to be what he wants us to be, to come into the ways of God and to understand that we are not just any other average human being and we follow everybody's other way, you know, uh, uh, do whatever everybody else is doing. No, we are individuals. We are unique. You know, the dream that you dream, nobody else dreams. 
the vision that you have, nobody else has. The hope that you have for your life, nobody else can have. You know, we are individual. God has created us that way. Okay? And I want to encourage you, you know, just be happy to be who you are. Okay? And I'm not saying if you are wicked, you should remain wicked. No. <laughs> okay? That is not what I'm talking about. But I, I, I want you to understand that God has made you wonderfully, beautifully well. You know, you can read in Psalm 139 how God knit us together in our mother's womb. He did a wonderful, marvelous job with every single one of us. Everyone. Okay? Now, the influences of this world, they come, yes? They, they take a toll on us. Uh, the temptations are, are there. There's no question about it. But we should understand that there is an intelligent design that God has laid into our life and that God will, you know, every now and then remind us about, maybe through dreams when we are young, later on, maybe through this word from the Lord or another uh, 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 still small voice of the Holy Spirit, you know, he will definitely have ways to come to us and show us how important we are to God and how much God desires for us to fulfill his purpose. So God grew Samuel up. You know, I, I believe God held his hand upon him to protect him from the evil influence of these wicked influences of, of the brothers or the sons of, of Eli. Now, the lesson for this young boy was that he had to learn to hear the voice of God, eh? the, to discern the voice of God. And, and, you know, for me, this is an amazing story. You know, verse 10 in First Samuel chapter 3 says, the Lord came and stood there calling at, as at other times. Imagine God came, I, I don't know how I can express that, you know, because God is omnipotent, omnipresent, you know, but the Bible says he came there and stood there in the temple. That's amazing, isn't it? He came for a young boy who did not yet understand the voice of God. He did not yet have experience to discern what was the voice of God or the voice of a human being. I mean, yes, of course, he knew the voice of Eli and the voice of the others who were working in the temple, but he had not yet mastered, not yet understood the voice of God. And you know, this is important for every one of us. We must learn to discern the voice of our gods. This voice is a loving voice. This voice is actually lifting that which is hidden deep inside of our heart and mind, you know, as God's blueprint, as God's design for our life, and and, and it helps us to rise to the occasion in which we are now living, so that we fulfill the very purpose of God. So God speaks to him, and of course, since Samuel is not acquainted to the voice of God, he assumes. This is Eli who calls me. After all, who else would call me at night? Okay, so he gets up, 
He runs to Eli. He says, you called me. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back and sleep. And this happens time and again, you know. Eventually, Eli realized that this is not just uh, some, some uh, dream of uh, Samuel that he has, but this is, this is God speaking to him. And Eli was experienced. He, Eli was an old priest, so he had a lot of experience in life. And so Eli told him, listen, when that voice comes again, next time you don't come and run to me because it's not me who is calling you. But next time, you know, just answer that voice. And, you know, at least that was a very good advice that Eli gave to Samuel uh, as he told him next time, say, here I am, your servant listens. And that's exactly what Samuel did. You know, when the Lord came and stood there, and really, I mean, this is an amazing thing. Can you imagine? And, and, and I want to just, I want you to picture that, okay? God himself came to stand in the room where Samuel was. And I want to tell you that God will come into the room where you are, okay? God is not unable to visit us. And God loves to come for visitation to the people he loves. And don't forget, for God so loved the world that he came into this world, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die for us at the cross of Calvary. So he came. He stood there. Now, we don't know exactly uh, whether this was the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, Okay, but the Bible says God stood there. Imagine. Okay? And again, God called. And this time, Samuel responded. And he said, Speak, your servant is listening. And then God begins to speak. Okay? He begins to tell him about things that, of course, Samuel could not have known, not even have dreamed about. And he begins to out, lay out the, the, the secrets that God was revealing to him, what he was going to do in the near future, to, in order to change the corrupt situation in the land of Israel at that particular time. God says, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. That's very interesting, isn't it? So in other words, everybody will take notes. Everybody will realize this is, not, this is not the natural, this is the supernatural. And I'm not going to go into this, but what I'm trying to tell you is, imagine God has a plan, not only for the boy Samuel, but he has a plan for his whole nation, Israel. In fact, the nation of Israel's plight, the, the, the future of the nation of Israel is so much dependent on this boy, Samuel, who would become a great man and a great tool in the hands of God. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, we read, And the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. Hey, this is, this is a, an amazing statement. You know, I'm sure all of us, we are aware of some words which have been not so good, which have been reckless or hopeless, 
you know, we will call them like being falling to the ground. But the Bible tells us that Samuel was coached by God. He was able to discern the voice of God and he was able to grow in the, in the, the intelligent design that God has put upon his life that he became a man that God could absolutely depend on. And as the scripture says, you know, Samuel grew up. The Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. This, this is totally amazing. And all Israel from Dan and Beersheba, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear to Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So the whole situation in the land changed, okay? The Lord used to be rare when Samuel was a boy. You know, the people who were running the spiritual affairs of the nation of Israel were corrupt. Things were in a very, in a very desolate situation. And God says, I, I cannot stand this anymore. I have to change it. And God did change it. Okay? Eli and the sons of Eli all were taken almost instantly. And then God established a new administration with a small boy, a young person. He unfolded his story in the life of this young boy who became a mighty prophet who was able to speak the word of God, it was no longer rare, and who was able to uh, address the nation of Israel that not even a word would fall to the ground. I mean, what a testimony. Isn't that powerful? This is great. So because of God's revelation, okay, and I want to underline the book, the, the, the word revelation, okay, Samuel could not have known all of this. Samuel could have not dreamed, dreamed about all of these issues. Samuel could not have said, okay, let me try to, uh, to, to, to be in charge of this and the other. No, he had revelation. God showed him the way. And through his ministry, the drought of the word of God was overcome. The starving, the spiritual starving came to an end in the nation of Israel because God raised a man that he had prepared for such a purpose as this. Okay? God had a plan, a blueprint for him, and he has a blueprint for each and every one of us as well. Now, we must understand ignorance will hinder us to benefit from the love of God. Okay? We do not know what we could experience, what we could have, you know, what we could implement, what we could live in if we have no revelation. Of course, you know, people make their own plans, they do their own things, and, you know, all of us, we have uh, probably uh, made so many different plans in our life, and, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with this as long as we are in tune with God. But when we are out of tune with God, then... We, you know, that those, those ways that we are trying to choose may not take us very far. That's why it's important that we learn to understand. 
So we learn in the natural in order to widen our horizon. You know, that's why we go to school, that's why we study, that's why we uh, try to ex get experience in certain fields of, of uh, expertise, and that's, that's fine. That's very important. New studies and research constantly expands uh, our ability to know, constantly expands our horizons. And that's the way God made us. You know, he, God made us in his own image and likeness, and that's why, why we are like this. Yet, there are limits to our spiritual understanding, and that's important to understand. You know, uh, while we can be able to make progress in so many uh, technologies, in so many uh, you know, innovations, in so many different new designs, and, and this is happening almost by the day. But when it comes to spiritual issues, we cannot do that. You know, we need revelation, okay? We cannot pierce into the world of God by our own natural way of thinking. We must be able to receive it from God himself. Okay, yes, this world was given to us to rule and to have dominion over, and to some extent we still have that, even so the devil has uh, taken the rulership of, of this, that's why God calls him the God of this world. Uh, so yes, we have got the ability to do all of these things in the natural realm. But in the spiritual realm, it's a whole different story. We cannot do that in the spiritual unless we have understanding from above. Only through revelation can we capture the mind of God. Okay, and that's what God does through his word. You know, that's what God wants to do today through this word in your life. You know, my prayer is that you can be able to capture something that you've never seen before in your life. So God decided that one of them, that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, would be on standby to lead us into all truths. And that was the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus talked about that. You know, we know that Jesus came to be our Savior. He came to uh, bring us back into the in, in, into relationship with the living God, which we could never have done on our own, you know, because the barrier of sin, we could never have removed it, but God did that through his son. But then Jesus told us that the Father will send us another counselor to be with us forever, the Holy Spirit, and, you know, we have been studying that in the past. So God has an interest to lead us into all truths, and when we talk about all truths. Of course, it's a truth that is revealed to us in the word of God, but it's also the truth that God has established in each and every one of our lives. Okay? Because God brought us into existence. God spoke us into being. Okay? We didn't come into this world by accident. God formed us. God prepared us. And God loves variety. Okay? You are who you are because God wants you to be who you are. Okay? God loves variety. I mean, look here. There was Adam in the beginning and, uh, and then Eve. But out of Adam and Eve, we have all these different tribes and nations. You know, we have all got these different ethnicities and God loves that. Sometimes people are using ethnicity to suppress each other. And that's very unfortunate. You know, sometimes people feel, uh, you know, inferior and others are feeling 
you know, they are, they are supposed to be the rulers of the world, and that's, that's wrong. You know, we all have a, a specific calling in God, and we need to, to, to understand that God loves variety. You know, what is more important? Is it, is it a flower or is it a tree? You may say a tree is more important because it gives you fruit to eat. But God doesn't think like that. You know, God loves variety. He, re he created everything in his intelligent design for some very important purpose. You know, what you may not know, you know, is that flowers produce the, the certain sap that the bees come and uh, they are using that, that very same sap in order to, uh, you know, bring fruitfulness to other plants, okay? So what seems to be more useless to you is very useful, okay? Uh, there, were, there were times when, when you know, uh, bees, for instance, in fact, right now, in, in, in some of the areas of the world, bees have really drastically reduced because of uh, pesticides which are being used by farmers. And so it's not only the pests which were killed, even the bees were killed. And it has become a crisis to such an extent that things are not growing the way they should because the bees are not able to do their job anymore because they have been drastically reduced. And it's now that people realize, oh, we didn't understand the importance of, of those little creatures, okay? You know, what seems to be useless to you is not useless to God. God didn't make anything in vain, okay? Of course, you may say, what is a, is a mosquito good for? Okay? It gives me, gives me uh, malaria. <laughs> but you may not know what God has had in mind with this mosquito. In, in fact, the mosquito was not supposed to give you malaria. The mosquito is supposed to fulfill the purpose of God, but because we are in a fallen world, that's why malaria comes. Okay? So, you know, we think these are not important issues, these are not important creatures, these are not important nations, and yet God has got a very, very different design, okay? In the, in the economy of God, everything has its place. Everything is important. You know, God has created everything with an intelligent design. Everything is working together in harmony perfectly, okay? When it's not perfect, it's because you, we human beings have disturbed it. And you know, we have brought a lot of disturbances in the, into the world. We have, we have talked about this in the past, you know. We are polluting the world, and then of course the climate is changing, and right now we are wondering what, what are we going to do. Some people are still stubborn, they say, no, there's nothing wrong with the world, it's just the way it is. You know, we, we, we must understand that we have a responsibility for the planet that God has given to us. After all, uh, there's only one planet we can live on. Even so, people now go, uh, uh, going to fly to Mars, okay? When are you going to relocate to Mars, by the way? <laughs> there's no hotel for you yet uh, on Mars. Okay, even so, they have now a rover which can fly on Mars, you know, and, and, and all these different things which are happening. Yeah, it's very interesting to see. But there is no time, time anytime soon that you know, we human beings can run away from this planet. If we destroy this planet, then we have had it, isn't it? And that's why we must be responsible. We must be responsible citizens. You know, sometimes I really get annoyed when I see 
somebody driving in front of me and I see the whole trash being thrown out of the window. I would want to stop this and, 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 and make this person pick it up again, you know? Unfortunately, it's not possible. So please, I hope none of you does that. You know, this is not in line with who we are. We have responsibility for ourselves and even for the creation of God. God has created everything wonderfully and beautifully well. And we need to get it, you know, uh, uh, you know, we need to catch that design of God, that intelligent design of God that is, that is unique for every single one of us. And that is unique for every creature that God has created. That is unique for, for this planet Earth. And, you know, unique for the rest of the universe, which we, which we don't fully understand. Let's, let's face it. We, 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 we see all of these things. We observe a lot of things. But a lot of things we have no clue about. So ignorance will hinder us to benefit from the good plans of God, from his love, from his care. Only when we know that God so loved the world that Jesus died for our sin will we be able to stand on solid ground and be able to move forward fulfilling the very call of God in our lives. So we can only function in the knowledge we have. Okay, and I'm not talking now about the knowledge that comes through going to school, that comes through doing research in the world, but I'm talking about the knowledge of God and the things of God, okay? If we don't have the spiritual revelation, then we are living in a spiritual famine and people starve inwardly, and this is happening right now. You know, I mean, we have, we have Bibles more than ever before in the world, and yet there seems to be so much ignorance about the word of God. This is very sad. You know, people are carrying a Bible, but they are not reading it. They're not studying it. They're not going deep into it. They're not living by that word, and that's where the problem is. And you know, we need to really not only know the word, not only study the word, but live by the word. Because only then can we be able to fulfill the very calling of God. Now let me take you to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6. The Apostle Paul here, and you know Paul is one of the examples of a man who tried to live his life according to his own fashion, according to what he thought is right. And God had to stop him in his tracks. And thank God, you know, Paul came to his senses. Paul came to understand what the plan of God was for his life, not what he thought it was, you know, to persecute the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, but actually to be actually a leader of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so... He says in verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 2, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God, has, and that God destined for our glory before time began. 
None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Oh, that's an amazing word. Okay, what we are seeing here is God has not left us without knowledge, without giving us revelation and insight. Okay, God wants us to understand his purpose, his plan. Okay. And yet, you know, the rulers of this world, as the, uh, as the uh, Apostle Paul is referring to, to uh, they did not understand it. And even today, the, most of the rulers of the world didn't, do not understand. They continue with their own program, with their own agenda, leaving God aside. Most of the world today, you know, uh, most of the leadership of the world today, they are not consulting God in any way at all, you know. Very few even pray. And even if it's prayer, most of the time it's just very, very formal. You know, not really asking God, God help us to find the right way, make the right decisions, but just, you know, as a formality. At least it's better than nothing, but it's not what God has intended. So revelation is given that we may understand what God has given. You know, that's what the Bible tells us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 says, We have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. You cannot know what God has freely given to us unless you have revelation. Okay? And you see, this was one of the biggest problems. When Jesus came, he was actually the son of God. He was the revelation of God in these worlds. And yet, when he came into his own, his own rejected him. They did not, they did not receive him. In fact, the very people who were serving in the temple, you know, similarly to the time of Eli, they rejected him. They said, no, we don't want him. And they were actually responsible to have Jesus nailed to the cross. So they missed it. And, and this is what Paul says, if they would have understood the plan of God, they would not have done that. But then, you know, they lived in ignorance and they didn't want to be helped to have revelation. And that's a problem. So we need revelation. We need to have an insight that comes from God, from his word. And that's why we study the word of God. If you do not know your purpose then you are likely going to abuse yourself, okay? This is what people do. You know, they take drugs. Are drugs necessary for our living? You know, do we need to kill ourselves with alcohol or, 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 or you know, drugs or, or other uh, substances? There's so much substance abuse, even from young people's lives, you know? People are going to schools and universities, and instead of concentrating on their, on their subjects, they are, they, are, they are abusing substances. 
Because they don't understand the purpose for which they are here. Okay? You see, every substance has a purpose, but not every substance must be brought into the human, into the human uh, uh, cycle, you know, because it, it kills us. And if we don't understand who we are, if we don't understand what God, who God made us to be, it's very likely that we are going to abuse our lives. Okay, if you don't understand, you know, a certain item that may come into your hands and that you possess, if you don't understand what it is for, then you may use it for something completely different and it will not make sense. It will not fulfill its purpose. That's abuse. Okay, and we see the abuse in our world is rampant everywhere, unfortunately. So the Bible is showing us here what no mind has conceived. You know, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, that is what God has revealed to us. And this is very, very powerful. Okay, let me just read on here from First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says here, let me read from verse 8 again just to connect. None of the rulers of this age understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Hey, isn't that powerful? You see, there is much more in store for each and every one of us. I talked about the intelligent design when I started. I talked about, you know, God's story with each and every one of us individually. And, you know, here again we are being reminded that there is so much waiting for us, you know, that is yet to be uncovered. Okay? God has revealed these things and he's continuing to reveal his spiritual reality to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So if you want to understand the things of God, you need to be able to come in tune with the spirit of God. Okay? And here we are today, getting in tune, getting in line, with the revelation that God gives to us. You know, this is revelation. You know, God has revealed all of these things to us, and yet, you know, it's not, it's not hidden. And, and Apostle Paul talks about this very clearly. He says, previously these things were hidden, but now it's no longer hidden. You know, the, the wisdom of God, not compared to be with the wisdom of this world, is now no longer hidden. God has revealed it to us, and he wants us to live in that. So God gave us his word to quaint ourselves with the spiritual world and to live in the spiritual world, to live in tune with God. Okay? Just like we have seen it in the life of Samuel. It's amazing how he was able to get in tune with God that none of his words was, was wasted. That's God's intelligent design. His plans and his designs are only accessible through the Holy Spirit. Okay? 
And, you know, lest you think uh, this has got something to do with making a lot of noise because some people who call themselves uh, Pentecostals and make noise, it has nothing to do with that. Okay? The Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. Yes, sometimes there can be noise. Sometimes it's very quiet. It's very uh, uh, coming with a whispering voice. Paul prays for us to receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Just let me read quickly, and I'm not going to comment, but I just read this. You know, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your hearts, did you know that your heart has eyes? I pray that your, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Hey, this is the intelligent design of God, you know. So great, so big, so wonderful. And his, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Wow, isn't that powerful? You see, this is, this is the passion that we see in the, in the life of the Apostle Paul. You know, he has been preaching the gospel to people. He saw people converted from darkness to light. And now he prays that they are not just, you know, churchgoers, but they really are getting in tune with the intelligent design of God. That they're really living in the riches of God's purpose for their lives. And remember what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no mind can conceive. This is what God has prepared for those who love him. That's amazing. As I close, let me just give you one more little story. You know, I'm, I'm not going very far in that because my time is up. But we see in the Old Testament another man by the name of Jeremiah. Just like Samuel, he was a young boy. Okay? And God began to speak to him. And it's not uncommon that God begins to speak to us when we are young. In fact, it's much easier for us to hear the voice of God when we are young. You know, it's very, very difficult to, to convert an old, an old man or an old woman, okay? It's like a tree, you know, you cannot bend an old tree. You break it. A young tree can easily be bent, isn't it? But nothing is impossible, thank God, you know? I'm not saying it's not, not possible. It's, it, it can be done. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. The Bible reads, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to 
and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and you will, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said, Now I've put my words into your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. That's an amazing story. I think we will take another time uh, to discover more truths about this wonderful calling in the life of Jeremiah. What I want to just tell you as I close, you know, I want to appoint again to that intelligent design of God in everyone's life. You know, the life of Jeremiah is very different from the life of Samuel. It's very different from the life of Paul. And yet all of them are able to experience how God has prepared the way for them, how God has designed a blueprint for their lives in his love. And in time, they were able to find that blueprint for their lives and live according to that calling in God. This is not just true for Samuel, Paul, or Jeremiah. This is true for every one of us. Okay? And God is saying to you today, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you. Okay? In the case of uh, Jeremiah, he appointed him as a prophet to the nations. In your case, it may be a different appointment, but it's nevertheless an appointment. Amen? God has formed us has created us, has made us with great love. And he has a purpose for whatever he's doing. He's not creating things that have no use or no purpose. He's not creating chunk. Okay? Now God creates only quality products. Okay? He created his world. He made all of creation, every creature, every, every fish, every insect, every mammal, everything that you see in God's creation, God made. And everything is functioning in an amazing, harmonious way together. And of course, he made us to be the crown of creation. Now, if all of these creatures, you know, those animals, this insect, the fish, and, and the mammals, and so on, have a purpose and have a reason, what more so you? who is made in the image and in the likeness of eternal God. You know, there is a wonderful design that God has for you and that God wants to come to its fruition in your life. So don't underestimate who you are. You know, you, 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 you may look down at yourself. You may feel, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really playing a big role. But you see, I want to tell you, don't decide what is big or, 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 or small. Because in God's economy, everything that he created is important. Big or small. Okay? You know, sometimes we are, we are judging things by what we see, you know? Like in the church, we have a habit which is very, very uh, disastrous. Uh, that we judge somebody's leadership 
whether it's a big crowd or a small crowd. That is nonsense. Because, you know, actually, out of a small group of people, much more can be growing than out of a big group. You see, only God knows. So don't judge things by what you see in the natural. Judge things by the design of God. And so let's not anyone look down upon you. You know, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, let no one look down on you because you are young. Or because you feel maybe you are not so significant. Or because you are from maybe a small tribe or a small group or you know, a small family or whatever the case may be. This is not important. God has a design, an intelligent design for every single one of us. And let me tell you, today God has come to stand next to you. And he says, Samuel, Samuel. Okay, in your case, he calls your name. And all you need to do is say, Lord, here I am. Speak, your servant listens. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord our God, you're just a marvelous, wonderful God, a creator that we cannot really fully understand. And yet we can worship you. We can adore you. We can get amazed by all that you have done and that you continue to do in this world and in our individual lives. Thank you, Lord, that you have not forgotten about any one of us, but that, Lord, that you have come to meet with us. You have come to send Jesus, your Savior, who became our Savior. You met him the mediator between a sinful world and the holy God. And thank you, Jesus, when you have done, when you have completed, once you have completed the, the job, you, you went back to be with the Father, but you didn't leave us as often, but you, you have made sure that the Holy Spirit will be with us and give us the guidance that we need every single day in our lives. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God for the guidance and the leadership and the revelation that comes to us because you love us so much. Thank you, Lord, that you even reveal the deep things of God to our hearts because you have a desire that we are like you, that we are not just children, but, Lord, that we are sons grown up in your family to fulfill the purpose for which you have brought us into this world. You prepare us for greater things that are yet to unfold, not only in this time, space, environment, but in the, in the world to come, which has no limit of time. And we give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord, that we can be part of your people. It's exciting, Lord, to see the wonderful plans that you have for each one of us. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We say thank you, Father.
And everyone say, Amen. Amen.